Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Do the Woo. I'm Mendel, and with me is my co-host, Noel. Noel, who do we have as a guest today? Hey, everyone. Today, we have as a guest Diego Zanella. He is the founder of Ilia, um, known for the currency switcher plugin. Diego, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us, for the people that don't know, how do you do the Woo? Well, it all started 2013 almost by coincidence because I had a very tiny, very, very small WooCommerce shop myself and I tried to sell some products which were also software, nothing, nothing related to WordPress. It was just a user. And I needed to have, uh, to be able to accept payments in urine dollars because I had basically 50-50 of the audience. And even though people don't realize it, there are 300 million people in Europe. Many of them use the euro, so they wanted euro. And so I started looking for it. I was a user, just a user, really no experience with WordPress at all. And they, they asked, I asked the, the core developers, I asked other developers, I asked all the experts I could find. And surprisingly, I only found closed doors. Like, no, it is not possible. Not now, not ever. And so this was kind of weird to me because uh, that's weird. It's getting a popular solution. It was still 1.6, virtual 1.6. I said, but what do you mean it cannot be? And it started being, since I had already plenty of experience in my, on my, in, in IT, in software development, they well, maybe, maybe it's not cost effective. Maybe it's hard. Maybe there are restrictions, but not possible ever since weird. I mean, it's a software in constant evolution. So, okay, faced with the challenge I developed in myself. And uh, five hours later, I had a prototype working and uh, I put it on my website. Of course, as you everybody knows, nothing works because you don't know what you're doing. So plenty of issues. And then people started seeing the feature and they discovered there was a huge user base that wanted exactly that feature. And all of them got the same answer that they got. No, not a way, no chance. Nope. So, okay. I started giving it to other people, collecting feedback. And then people started asking me to pay for it, to sponsor the development. And then I realized that there was a market for it. I asked if they would be interested in incorporating in the core, if other developers would like to take it over. Like, no, I am not a WordPress developer. Would you like to carry it on? And everybody said, no, 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 that's a, that's a dead end. It will not work. So, okay, user work, plenty of people wanted to have, to have it. There was a lot of demand. So it put 11 months of heavy work on it there to do the first commercial version, 11 months on average, 18 hours a day. I'm not kidding. I tracked them. And uh, I had the product live. Plenty of people started using it. Huge feedback, plenty of bugs, plenty of challenges, plenty of clashes with the core developers because it basically cheats the game and they didn't like it much because it was like you're introducing a lot of things that cause issues with other solutions. And ever since, it became uh, one of the, the most important multi-currency solutions. And now there are plenty of alternatives, of course, but it took about two years before any other developer tried to do the same because it was hard. It was really, really hard. So basically, my occupation is developing software. I'm a user as well, but mostly I develop solutions for WooCommerce. So my way to do the Woo is developing solutions for WooCommerce and integrating APIs, other services, so mostly backend, because I admit I am completely uh, bad in uh, user interfaces, design things. This is really not my field. I, 
it would take me too long to actually get the the eye for aesthetic. So I delegate this kind of elements to others. So mine is coding, 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 and uh, talking to customers because I always believe that every developer doesn't matter what you do, front end, back end, you must also participate in customer support. So the era of no, no, I stay in my closet, I keep pressing keys, this ticket, 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 no, doesn't work. You need to talk to customers. You need to talk to people because otherwise you develop code that doesn't help anybody. You just you do it for yourself, but you don't know if the user wants it. So what I do is talking to people a lot, helping people a lot, and uh, writing a lot of code. So it's, let's say, a third of each. So gathering requirements, developing code, and supporting customers is, uh, is a bit of a balance. While still remain a user, but again, uh, basically the side run by itself by now. So it's mostly developing the, the solution that my customers use. So Diego, that's awesome to hear how you're doing the wound now uh, and how kind of stumbled into this this currency switcher, um, which it sounds like that's that's the story, right? You stumbled into it. But how how did you get involved in WooCommerce in the first place? Like where where did that come from? I needed an e-commerce and uh, I was okay for it. There was, uh, I, I, okay, I had a, a, a very idiotic blog. I really call it that the way it was. It was just like a, a diary, a public diary, because I, I was going through that phase. But then I had the website. I was too cheap to buy a new domain. <laughs> so I recycled the website into an e-commerce. And I needed an e-commerce. And it's okay. I don't want, I, I, I had worked with Magento. And it was beyond the mustard, and it was huge, heavy, slow. So, okay, you know what? Is there anything I can plug in? So, I, I, my workforce had plenty of plugins, and then I stumbled across WooCommerce. It worked, it was simple. I checked the features, and it was actually very easy to use. I tried others. And would you mind sharing what you were selling? Uh, they were just plugins for another platform. Ah, but okay. the thing is that they, they never sold anything ever, really, ever, because uh, at the time, basically, to be honest, I did it because, to be clear, my plan, my employer was not paying me, so he needed to find a way to get some something to pay the bills. So I had skills that I learned with the employer. I produced something for this platform. However, the platform is marketed completely different. Like the paying paying customers go for the pro hosted version. So basically, the company that gives the platform also sells the plans. And the community version, everybody expects everything for free, like not even a dollar, nothing. They don't want to pay for anything at all. So you can try to sell something, but the market is just not there because whoever has budget pays for the hosted version, so they don't need to buy anything. So basically, I did all the work. It didn't really work out. So it was generating zero revenue, and all the, the people who were interested wanted to see prices in euros. So that's where... I got sidetracked into that completely by chance, I would say. But the good thing is that I spotted the demand. That was something like, uh, I, mean, I was really asking myself, am I the only one here? Like there are 300 million people in Europe. Am I the only one who uses Euro? Anybody else? So I went on the forums. I went on Facebook. And that's how we moved from using WooCommerce to extending WooCommerce. And I tell you, version 1.6 was like a, like a, 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 one of these American gladiator courses. You have to jump from one obstacle to the other because it was still very, very rough at the beginning, but it was still having so much potential. That's why I gave it a go. And, and it worked out at the end. 
So to backtrack a little bit further, if you don't mind, I'm very curious how, what was your experience before, um, before you, you know, you said you develop plugins for other platforms. How did you get into that? How did you obtain the skills um, needed to develop those plugins and eventually currency switcher? What's your background? Uh, well, my, I, I've been working as software developer since 1995. So basically, I never went to college, could not afford it. Then I got drafted in the Italian army. Well, excellent, amazing. So after finishing the, 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 after finishing the, the service, it was a year, there was the issue that my family could not cover the college and I needed to find a job. So I had the luck that it's something that people, many people don't know because every, in Italy it's a bit different. We have high schools that actually teach our trade. And so like after you finish high school, well, you don't see it, but behind, uh, no, you don't see it up there. But I, my title is actually equivalent to an engineer. That's why I actually am an engineer. It, here in Austria, it's recognized as engineer. You can't use it to go to a master, but it's still an engineer. So basically, you get out of high school, it's a very packed five years of, uh, of training. So I studied automated system, mathematics, physics, chemistry, and computering system databases. So when I finished high school, before the year that I served in the army, I already had the knowledge, the basics to, to work as a software developer. So I worked for several companies that too many to remember. And I had the luck slash misfortune to work as a consultant. So my company would send me to a steel factory, to a chemical plant, to a winery, to a bakery, to automate, to do business software, to do accounting, to do implement solutions of all sorts of things and always customer facing, which is actually, I hated, I tell you at the beginning, because all the time, you know, the VAT, oh, we don't care about the VAT. You know, but this thing, you know, the, when the wine is calculated, all this input that you need to process to bring about solutions. So it was really stressful, but I got exposed to so many realities, talking to people who did not speak IT at all. And there was no internet at the time. They really don't know. If you tell them, start the PC, what does that mean? That was the kind of level I had to, to, to talk to. So I was there to train the people with the basics, gather the requirements, translate them into our technical stuff, train the juniors, and actually do the implementation, support the code. So I had seen so many realities and that many of them are kind of a lot heavier than e-commerce, than the, the internet. Nowadays, we have blogs, we chat. I dealt with automation factories with machines that were the size of a tank moving tons of steel. So you can't make mistakes. So you have to make sure that you listen carefully, you understand what you're doing, and it has to be done. So you can't possibly give a customer, no, it can never be done. It's not what we are paying you. We, you have to do it. So I had to gather all the experience. And then when I finally landed on the WordPress, I had so many other experience behind than when I heard it cannot be done, Miss, well, for sure it can. This is the only thing I know it can. I don't know how, but it can. This is the only thing I know. So nobody wanted to actually take the challenge. And so, okay, as always, I try myself. So I went into the documentation. I read what a plugin was. And the first step was blank file, plugin header, hello world. That's just what it echo. Oh, it works. Okay, but I don't like function program programming. I'm an OP developer. So how do we use classes? So I started putting classes, making mistakes, going by trial and error. And... Uh, I made a prototype that did nothing, basically. The only thing I wanted to make sure is that I could use my programming skills as I had them 
in that environment. And then it worked. And there you go. There you Okay. Then I started dealing with, I labeled at the time, Captain Hook, because it, this is what WordPress is. Action filter, filter, action, it's all hooks. So I didn't know any of them. What is an action? What is a filter? So I started looking, tried to wrap my head around this kind of non-necessarily linear programming because in normal application, when you have a greenfield project, if anybody's familiar with it, you design the software and you just call function, you call features, you do operations. You don't have events fire all over the place that you intersect and then you, you return the control. It's very difficult to follow the flow. So that was the biggest challenge, writing down on a piece of paper and I wrote with pencil, really. This goes here, then this comes out, then it fires again. Why? Doesn't matter. Okay. How do we prevent the firing twice? I can't. Okay. How do I deal with the firing twice? So all these challenges were the difficult part. So it sounds like you were really using part of your engineering mind. Uh, yes. Uh, almost physical engineering, right? To, <laughs> to determine how the software system works. Yes, it's, let's say there is a difference. In, in, in this case, nobody dies. But I, I tell you, you automate, uh, I don't know what it's called, called in English, but anyway, it's a machine that lifts uh, coils of steel, which are 50 tons each. What happens if I press the button twice? Oh, I open the, the claw, it falls down. Okay, so you have to think, how do I make sure that I don't do the same operation twice when the thing is lifted in the air? So this thing is, is actually people die if you do it. So you have to consider what happens if the guy is just thinking about whatever, the, what he will watch tonight in the TV, press the button without thinking. This is something, why would you do it? You, you, you're, you lift it. So you have to put all the safeguards. And this was just automatic. And the thing is that I needed to find out where do I have to put the safeguards? What could happen if an event is fired twice in a row? Which seems something yeah, what could happen? I tell you what can happen. In my case, I'm dealing with currencies. If you convert the same amount twice and you go from the Danish krona to euro to euro, your amount goes from 100 to 2 to 0.2, and then you're selling your products for peanuts. It's nobody dies, but you can imagine that the customer say, you know, I just sold my my whatever machine for uh, 10 euro, which actually cost me 2,000, and then I have to tell the customer that it was a mistake. Yes, of course, the customer knows it's a mistake, but it's administrative work, and you can't have 8,000 customers doing that. So it's a minor issue compared to still squishing people, but still you have to make sure that you don't do operations that are not supposed to be repeatable. So all these elements that you have to take into account, WordPress has so many of them because it's the drawback of the ecosystem. If I write a plugin and Noel write a plugin and Mendel write a plugin and we all work our own way and I fire an event and Noel uses it and fires another and Mendel fires another and fires mine again, we go to a chain of events that will never end. So this is unpredictable. And how do I know that you're going to do it? I can't. There is no way. So you need to think what would happen if somebody like passes the ball from me to you to you to the other and then back to me and it keeps going on and then the site crashes. And they cannot tell the customer, I don't know. No, they get, what do you mean you don't know? You developed this thing. Yeah, but I didn't think about this situation. There you go. You should have. So that's why all this, um, this uh, 
kind of exceptional circumstances had to be taken into account. This was the biggest challenge with an ecosystem. And this is what the core the core developers were worried about. This right, uh, they're they're thinking, well, here here goes Diego. He doesn't he doesn't really know anything about um, WordPress or WooCommerce yet, right? Developing in it at least. Yes. And uh, and he comes to us and he says. We, I, I really want this this feature, and they say no, 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 no. This, this is this is not easily solved, and we're not going to put it in core because it affects too many plugins, and there's too many use cases and things like that. And so you, then you go off and you build it, and they say, "See, Diego, <laughs> we told you, you know, this this is difficult." And and you say, "Well, it's difficult, but not impossible because if we take each." Uh, intricacy and we go we go through each thing and we iterate and we iterate and we iterate then then it's going to work so um so i'm i'm really curious and uh and then i i think noel has uh some things to say but i'm i'm kind of curious about how how do you think about how they reacted because i know this is a common thing right plugin developers or even people in the community they say man this is such a this is a feature, you know, uh, that everybody needs. Everybody needs a payment processor, right? Everybody needs taxes within certain countries, not not all countries, right? But within certain countries or certain municipalities, everybody needs, uh, you know, we should probably have currency switching um, if they're selling internationally. But, but your response may have been a little disheartening uh, or the response you got may have been a little disheartening. Uh, does it make more sense now after going through this process? Uh, do you think that there's a better way to create, um, I guess, uh, easier outcomes or better communication between the core team and developers or users? Or The core team changed completely. And not just in matter of attitude, a lot of people have been removed, like they went to other uh, endeavors. And one specifically, this is one of, one of the, mo- the most in- pleasant uh, moments that they had, that was one of the core team developers with whom, and while he wasn't a core team developer at the time, I pointed out that it was because of my uh, solution. He had developed a plugin, a payment plugin, that did not work properly because there is this thing that a lot of people don't realize if they don't have experience in development. There, is a, there are a lot of things that work by coincidence. Example, there was an API in WooCommerce, a REST API, that used to work fine. Then they created the legacy API 2, then the 3, then the new API 2 and 3. Now, the, the new API, not the, the legacy worked perfectly fine. Then the new API stopped working, caused an issue that only occurred when my solution or another equivalent multi-currency solution was in place. So first reaction was, well, it works without that plugin. The plugin is something with something wrong. And I knew that it didn't because I don't understand how can it be. It doesn't even take part to that. So I spent hours and I wrote eight pages of reports to figure to I found out that the glitch was in the new API. Because the way it was designed, basically, when you wanted to, to modify a product, you wanted to modify an attribute, it would actually trigger all the hooks and events on the product and save all the attributes again. So basically, you want to change the stock, it would actually recalculate the price and save the price. So why do you load the whole product and all this thing? The old API used the old uh, calls update meta. So there was no such thing. There were no hooks, no triggers, nothing. So this was actually a design that my solution exposed. There was a glitch. Why it works without mine? 
because you are triggering a price that is not going to change because there is only one currency and you save it back as it was before. But when you start introducing other plugins, not just mine, discounts, volume, volume pricing, uh, user role pricing, anything that would change the product price, then you will see the issue. And this took me hours while taking the blame that was me. Actually, if anything, I exposed the issue. It was working by coincidence. And now that I created a, a condition in which the, the data may change after you load it, then they realized that the, where, the, where the glitch was. And there was something like this with a plugin, in a, as I said, uh, of a core developer, that there was a mistake in the, in the plugin, in many payment plugins. They would take the currency from the settings. However, there are three currencies in WooCommerce. The base currency, the active currency, the order currency. They may or may not be the same. In a single currency environment, they are, again, by coincidence. But in a multi-currency, they may all three be different. So what his plugin did was taking the base currency, so passing the wrong information to the payment processor. And so it's a small glitch with this field that you can fix it. This guy got furious that I dare to say that he made a bug. He was introduced a bug. He said, well, it is. You're taking the wrong currency. No, there should not be more than one. Yeah, but there is. But there cannot be. There is. There is even a filter that changes on the fly. We went on for a day. I still remember, I still have it recorded. A day of arguing. Then I told him, you know what? You change this, it works. Silent. And I said, okay, I don't hear from this guy anymore. Luckily, it's done. He can't happen. Three weeks later, we welcomed the new core developer, that guy. I said, are you serious? Now I have to deal with it. We had a bit of clashes. Years later, we had clashes over the course of the year, sometimes diverges in the opinion. Uh, six months ago, he wrote publicly that he wanted to thank me for not having given up and the constant involvement in the WooCommerce community and helped improving the core, even though I sent no more than two commits to the core of WooCommerce. Because I'm very busy with the clients, I don't really have much time for uh, core contributions. So I didn't really write a lot of code for uh, the core, but the same person with whom we argued about the fact that I changed the game and it was not supposed to, he personally sent me and publicly uh, some thanks for having helped them. I was completely unexpected because... He replied on a public comment that I wrote, says, thank you for this, but I would like to point out that this you did not cover. And I was expecting, again, you and your exceptions. I was expecting, like, you always have to go, ah, but there is this, ah, but there is that. You know, we're kind of getting tired. Instead, actually, he thanked me for having done it for so long because provided feedback that you don't see, you know, that, that, that you are the developer, you don't think about everything. People from the outside, they tell you, you know, there is also this. Ah, okay. So actually, this became so much more positive. It's a, it's a lot better as an environment. And also, I believe after they got acquired by Automatic, the resources were more. There was a bigger team. So there was also much less stress and not so many people doing everything. Because, you know, if you are a couple of people doing everything, you can't do everything in the double of everything. You know, I hate the development and the support and the new feature and everybody wants something. You know, I only have 24 hours in a day and after a while you get tired. So it's a human thing. Like, come on, let's keep it to what we can do. Not everything. 
Now that they are a much bigger team, they are better structured, they have more resources, there is more collaboration. So it's a far better experience for the users and for the developers as well. So it's a, it's a lot easier to work together. There is still room for improvement, which I'm still in touch with uh, many of the core developers and uh, a lot of the staff of the support team because there is still plenty of room to establish a structured collaboration, a protocol to communicate more, uh, let's say, we're using a standard to say because everybody is a bit stiff, uh, independent. But I, I think that if I have to compare 2013 with 2021, right, there is no comparison. It really, it, 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 people who start today, they have no idea how hard it was back then when there was only a few people and there was too much to do. So there was this resistance uh, because of, I am also guilty of that. When they ask me, I want all these 300 features. Yeah, you know, I also would like to sleep. <laughs> like, I can't implement everything for everybody. So they had to make choices. And uh, I'm glad that they made the right one. So overall, I am very happy about the progress that, that we're going through. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Boo. If you're looking for a plugin shop you can trust for your client sites, check out Iconic WP. They have you covered for extending variations with single and leaked variations plus custom fields for variations. Or perhaps you're looking for more power with your cross sales, upsells, or checkout optimization. Looking to add delivery slots to your store? They can take care of that. And lastly, help your clients by adding woo thumbs for customized image galleries and adding videos to their store. As you can see, for your next Woo build, it'll be worth it to check out IconicWP.com. Black Friday is almost here and you want to make sure those product pages are optimized. On November 4th, Yoast is offering a free online workshop, How to Optimize Your Product Pages for Black Friday. As you are helping your clients prep for Black Friday, or even if you are running a sale yourself, you will learn about the product page must-have SEO optimizations, psychological triggers at work, how to increase your chances to get featured in Google Shopping, and the benefits of Yoast WooCommerce SEO and how it brings value to your Woo shop or your client's shop. Just go to Yoast.com and you can find it under events. And now let's head back to the show. So I'm curious, um, you say, you know, you have 24 hours in a day and mm -hmm. about a third of your time is spent on customer support. And when I once needed support on your plugin that I, it, and it clicked for me that it actually was you talking to me, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was quite amazed because it's not something you see often. So why is it that you feel so strongly? Because one could argue your time is valuable. You could easily hire somebody to do it. Why do you feel so strongly about doing it yourself? Because unless it's a minor thing, I assume that nothing is, by default, nothing is minor by definition. And uh, if unless it's a minor thing, like where can, where can I find my license? Okay, it's easier. There is like a, a can response because it's easy step by step. There are plenty of things. But I never liked uh, delegating to people say that they can give an answer like, I don't know. And... Uh, I believe that every developer should be involved and stand by the product that they make. And if there is any, any technical question, the developers must be involved. 
even if it's not immediately, as soon as they have the time, because they need to know what people think about what they did. Because it's not something like, uh, oh, I write the software the way I want and take it or leave it. Okay, leave it, fine. No, I want you to use it. No, you did it the way you want, take it or leave it. Okay, I leave it. Yeah, but why? You don't want to talk to me. That's fine. I leave it. Bye. It, 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 yeah, but that, it, that end. So it's sort of the thing when the people say you work for yourself. No, you don't. Unless you hire yourself and pay yourself with your own money, you don't work for yourself. You work for your clients. So if you want them to use a solution, you don't have to make a solution that works for you. You have to make a solution that works for them. And you cannot get second or third-hand information and get a clear idea. So speaking directly to people is the best way. And as the architect, I must know what they think. That's why, honestly, I tend I, I worked a lot to make sure that the support queries are reduced to a minimum, to the point that actually it's not even needed to have dedicated people full-time to answer them. So when there is a, a, a query, even that arrives on the weekend, it's a, it takes me five minutes. Why can't I just answer them? And also, it's easier for me to say, oh, you know, you can do this. They are happy. It takes me five minutes, really. I am. They are happy. And instead of having on Monday the 50 queries that arrive during the weekend, which many of them are get canned responses, but I have to get through them. So why do I have to delay an important conversation with somebody who might want a custom project, a big custom project? Sometimes we get them. Why would they want to delay it just because they have to tell them, sorry, there was a link. Uh, sorry, yeah, the link was broken. Yeah, okay, we migrated the website. There was a glitch in October. We just renewed the website, completely redesigned. And there were a couple of broken links that I missed because I also I'm the one who signs off everything. And okay, I missed the, the, the broken links. Oh, yeah, I fix it takes five minutes. But it's important to show that you are there and not just somebody possibly from a sweatshop paid peanuts just to fob you off because I had that experience myself. And I asked a question and it felt like, what was it, the film? Uh, like the best exotic marigold hotel. It's like, the contract is in, in your, not in your name. I need to talk to your husband. I understand he died. Sorry, madam, the contract is not in your name. I need to talk. I understand he died. I tried to fix it. The contract is not, it was like a drone. And so people, okay, they have to make a living, but you can't put that, you put everybody in a terrible situation. Like the person is reading a script, the customer doesn't get the answer. You could have answered in five minutes instead of spent 20 in, in repeating like a parrot. And I don't like that at all. So I actually, I was guilty of being too efficient when I started selling my plugins. My response time was 25 minutes over 24 hours. You could write to me at 3 a.m., 3.30, you had the answer. The thing is that I realized maybe it's too much. You know, like uh, they can wait a couple of hours because there was no critical issue. You know? There was nothing, it was no matter of life or death. So I said, okay, that's fine. Let's set human office hours. And everybody was happy with that. But at the beginning, I had this thing like, uh, as a customer, I was so demanding myself. And then it was so disappointing that I never get that kind of level of service. And said, so maybe I have to demanding and I'm promising too much. So I toned it out a bit to balance also the, the stress. Because if you burn yourself out, uh, it doesn't benefit anybody. And I found a good balance. So I they say I have the opportunity to spend uh, a third of my time in the customer support. 
because I still have very few of these customers of order required direct intervention. And still, when I develop other features, uh, I don't, they don't take so much uh, time to implement because I have a framework behind it. So it's not like I'm delaying features to look after the customers. So I can do both and still bring the, the product on. And another thing that I want to thank the WooCommerce core developers, they finally adopted a development cycle that has no breaking changes, which is, okay, okay. there are some sometimes, it's inevitable if you want to evolve, but on average, there are basically zero. There is once, maybe a year, twice recently, at the beginning, version 1.6 would break when you upgrade to 2.0, then would break again 2.1, break again 2.2. It was a disaster. So basically, constant breaking changes. It was really hard to keep up. Now they can finally stabilize, and they created this uh, smooth the release cycle very often, very frequent. That basically, I see... WooCommerce 5.9, okay, let me run the test. Pass, 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 pass. Okay, compatible. Like, it, it, I, I almost expect, it, it, I'm not saying that you should not do any testing because I do all the time, but I would say, okay, if I would forget the testing, 90% would work anyway. Okay, but Diego, you have, a, you have a problem, and your problem is that you have more than just one plugin. I mean, you have yes, you have a lot of plugins. Okay, so this is this is kind of a superhuman thing, right? That you're like, oh well, I you know I'm going to support all these, and I'm going to make sure and and test them, and I'm going to make sure and market them well, and all this stuff. So can you can you talk about like like scaling from one to to fifteen? Right, I got the number right, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of you know are using uh automated unit testing are you do you have other people that are developing how big is your team what you know how do how does all that look because i think a lot of people you know they want to get to the point where they're selling a lot of plugins right um that they're a plugin company you that's somehow that's what you've done it looks like you have some of this stuff in the same vertical right uh uh taxes per country and prices per country and all that stuff but then you started to like push out into into other other things right so Mm-hmm. Tell tell us about that. Like how how did that all how did that all come to be, and how do you manage all of that? Um, I'm assuming it's not just you, but maybe maybe you're superhuman. I, I don't know. At the moment, I don't have full time employees. I have collaborators that help me with uh, some technical issues, mostly with integrations, and most of the work is done. Uh, if you if you look at the solution, there are four core plugins that I developed, and I'm basically the main developer behind them. I do 99% of the coding, which is the currency switcher, the tax display plugin, which is powerful, but also quite simple. The prices by country is also fairly simple and follows, it basically mirrors the currency switcher in some ways. So the code base is common in many of them. And the UBAT assistant is uh, something that I made public just because I had to and because I was pinched by the VATMOS rules that this European Union introduced in 2015. The others, say secondary plugins that work, but they are integrations with other platforms, for example, dynamic pricing, product add-ons, and uh, affiliate WB and uh, subscriptions, uh, bundles. So a lot of the success of those is working with their developers because these plugins that, okay, they are a lot, but they are fairly small. They do, they do a lot of important tasks, but there isn't a huge amount of code behind many of them. What, happens, they, what they do is 
bridge. That's why they are free as well. They are bridging my solution with the other plugin uh, that they, they have to communicate. So there is a lot of collaboration with the developers who created the, the target plugins. So a lot of communication with, uh, now they have been absorbed. I lost track of all the, uh, the, the acquisitions. Uh, one was Mike Jolly with the product add-ons and the dynamic prices. Substration was Prospress. We worked together to fix a bug 2014. We worked for six months. And then again in 2018, bundles and uh, composite product is somewhat warm from Greece, Athens. And uh, bookings, I don't remember who developed it because I have too many contacts. But the key to this is working with other developers, not necessarily employees, because you can't do everything yourself. Even if you had a team of 20, 30, 50 people, you can't. You really can't. Uh, because you're not the one who created the, the target. Like, I am not the one who wrote WooCommerce. I have no idea how half of it works because maybe I never had to use it. Like, I don't know. I never used, I never had to touch the queries or I never had to modify the, what do you call it? This analytics, this WooCommerce admin. So you have to talk to other developers. So that my team is also the community itself. And uh, if there were, if it weren't for that, I would never have been able to even do half of what I did. So I, I didn't aim to high. I'm not really, even though I have been successful, I am not much of an entrepreneur. I'm really an engineer at heart. And uh, I, I would not have been able to do everything myself, figuring everything out myself, hacking things myself, fixing things myself. It, it's too much. So helping each other, and finding a point of content and a middle ground to work together was the key for everything. Because many of my solutions would never have worked if the other developers were not uh, listening to me. And I said, you know what? We don't care. Because a lot of developers originally, they did that. You know, WooCommerce is single currency. We don't care. Bye. Jog on. Yes, but it's becoming jog on. Okay, guys. Sorry, we can't do that because what do you mean we can't? Then, of course, the community said, what do you mean we can't? Why? Why? What's the purpose of The community is not supposed to say we can't. And then change the, the back pedal says, okay, you know what? It may be we can work in one way. Can you propose a solution? Can we discuss it? So there was a lot, a lot of back and forth with the authors of other solutions. And once you find a point of stability... So you share experience, you share your point of view. For example, when I told them there was one of the biggest clashes, are you done with breaking changes? And one of the developers says, we break whatever we want. This was 2014. Yes, but I can't cheese you all the time you break something. We do whatever we want. The developer is no longer employed. I haven't heard from him anymore. And then after, there was this person who worked... Uh, yeah, for, I have to find his name. I remember because he was employed by WooCommerce uh, a couple of years ago. He actually introduced the same philosophy that I had, breaking changes only when necessary and only for the purpose of avoiding them in the future. Like we, we make a groundbreaking thing now and then we stabilize and we stop it. And so they did with WooCommerce 2.7. Yeah, 3.0. With 2.7, 3.0 became stable almost completely stable. So there is very little work to make it 
make a plugin work with the new versions. So you can automate most of the testing. You, you have to script uh, some of the human testing because not everything can be, can be done with PHP unit, for example, because PHP unit tests every component in isolation. But as soon as you add another plugin, you are throwing a wrench in the whole testing. So there you go. Does it work? Yes. In a vacuum and with no friction and no interference, it works. It, okay, this is not a real scenario. So you have to use other tools. There is one that, it, that I like and I'm still trying to tweak it. It's called Code Set.js, which basically simulates what a user does, like clicking. Now I click there and then I add it to the cart and then I click there. It's actually a functional testing as if you were doing it by hand, and it's far more reliable than testing a class in, iso- in isolation. Because, okay, let's try to run the same code set JS on a test environment where I installed a gazillion of other plugins. I click on the crash already. Yes, why? So, And then you have to start finding out what it crashed. And to me, the key to make everything work, and you said, I am not superhuman, but I still do a lot of the coding myself. So I, most of the code you see, I wrote it from a blank file. One of the key is, again, collaborating with developers and doing this, uh, how do you call it, the, being an evangelist. There are many developers, one is called Rhymero Web, another one was uh, Team Complete, another one was called WritePress. They're, not, they're all unofficial. They're not in the WooCommerce uh, marketplace. But I spent a lot of time talking to them like we are doing now to tell them why I developed this solution. How do I see them? And this was actually the, diff, the hard sale. Dear Rivera, dear Think Complete, dear whatever, let me tell you why you should modify your software to work with mine. This was actually the sale. What, and the first reaction, why should I even think about that? <laughs> it works. Why, who are you? And I tell them, I am telling you, I tell you how easy it is. I give a proof of concept. You see how easy it is. And it's do and forget. I promise once you do it, you will never think about it again. Hmm. Okay. I give you an hour. I explained to them. There you go. They did it. And all these people have solutions that work with WooCommerce after the latest version. My multi-currency solution and others as well. I have nothing against competitors. It's a good thing to have competitors. Brains innovation. And they never he- we never hear from them. Never once this wholesale thing broke with multiple currents. No, it has been working fine since 2014. And this uh, add-on product working since 2014. And this user working since 2014. I never wrote a line of code with that. So why they don't break? Because we work together to prevent it. So this is the, this is the idea. And the, the, the biggest resistance is, again, that they have to approach somebody that could be Mendel, could be, you know, let me tell you why you should do more work to save me work. And, and this is actually how it comes across sometimes. So why would I even talk to you? Like, I don't want to do extra work. And then they realize that if you listen to me, it's very little work because it is. Objectively, it is. You do this, you write this 10 lines of code, you forget about them, and you reach a broader audience which is easier to answer your customers. No, they're not compatible. No, they're not compatible. No, they're not compatible. So you're actually giving a negative message. You could give a positive one with very little effort. Some developers are open to that. Some some others, not so much. Some of them are still fairly, let's call it conservative. 
uh, they they want to as we as we put it we always did like that like we don't want to change the the party okay don't change it <laughs> can I tell you so sometimes customer ask me can you write an integration with that yes I can there were there was Amelia Bookings is becoming very popular and uh, I wrote an integration for a customer which took about 16 hours to debug the code, to investigate the code, and exactly 25 minutes to implement. And again, implement and forget. Do like, he will never have to touch it again. Like, why? Because it will not. Unless the, 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 the booking plugin changes significantly, it's one line of code. It's one filter. We just have to find a way where to put it because it was not very well documented at the time. And then we discuss the solution with the authors of the Amelia bookings. Now they have a knowledge base. They put it there in their, in their support team. So the support question doesn't come to me anymore again. So they, they just ask them. They give them the snippet. It works. So it's a lot of the work is not handling issues. is preventing them. Yeah. So this is, the, is, is, this is my philosophy. As I always tell my trainee, the juniors, I said, a good developer is a lazy developer. Why? Because you don't want to do things twice. You're too lazy to do things twice, so you do them right once and prevent problems from the beginning. So it sounds like a, a contradiction. If you're lazy, how can you work properly? You work properly precisely because you don't want to do the job twice. So it's um, it's difficult to get into the mindset. But then once you have a network, and this is one of the things that basically saves my bacon, as you would say, is that I'm in contact with everybody. Even if some of people are more pleased than others to hear me, uh, to hear my voice or my or write, read my emails, but they are uh, th- there is a network now behind the solutions that you see, and that's why they are so successful. You're you're the you you should change your Twitter name to the outspoken engineer, right? Uh, because everybody yeah. <laughs> everybody knows uh, they've heard from you. They've they've heard some of your feedback and. Um, it sounds like you've you've really uh, done a great job, kind of getting out there and going from from zero to uh, you know with no knowledge of how to build things in the in the WordPress or the WooCommerce ecosystem to providing to providing a lot of value uh, out out in the in the world. So um, I think that there are a lot of people that uh, are are probably very happy that uh, that you've taken on the the challenges that uh, everybody else would have had to take on if, if it hadn't been for uh, your help. So that's, that's super awesome. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to just uh, let, let people kind of know um, as we wrap up the, uh, the show today, how to find you um, so that they too can communicate so that you can create some more collaborations uh, with other people out in the world. Um, as uh, as they listen to this and probably have more questions for you, so well, they can always find me through my website, which also have my other content details, which is elia.co. It's co because the com was taken by a shipping company, <laughs> and they are not using it. It's in France. It was in front of their headquarters asking if they wanted to sell it to me, but they didn't. So it's elia.co. I have faith that in a in a couple of years you'll have you'll have that domain. Uh, you'll, you'll convince somebody, you'll know, you'll know somebody that knows somebody that can convince them. Um, so sorry, I yeah, think well. <laughs> I talked over you. What, what is your email? It's okay. My, uh, my email, it's Diego at alia.co. 
We are AO, we say CO because call people and this have come. So Diego at Alia, it's A-E-L-I-A for the non-Latin speakers, dot CO. And uh, it's my personal email, which I can't use for support for multiple reasons because we have a support portal for that. And I am also on Twitter with uh, a handle that my my children gave to me, my little girl, who has called me the dad that makes business. So I'm business dad on that. <laughs> so on Twitter, I, I can be found as business dad. And maybe my daughter will hear. I haven't seen her in two years for because of sad things, but I will. Uh, I hope that she will. She will hear this. And uh, yes, I on Twitter I interact with people as well. And uh, I'm also part of the WooCommerce Help and Share Facebook group and the WooCommerce Community group. I interact with uh, users that have normally difficult questions because there are plenty of other developers that help them. So when I can, I help them there too. I am part of the, uh, and many other meetup groups like uh, WooCommerce Austria, WordPress Austria, London. So if you, if you look for my name, Diego Zanella, you will find me very easily. If you look Diego Zanella WordPress, you will find me on LinkedIn. You will find me on Twitter. You find me everywhere. <laughs> so I'm a bit like parsley. I'm go, I go on every dish except pudding, but. <laughs> Diego, thanks so much for being on. It was a pleasure chatting to you and learning more about what you do. Ah, pleasure to be your, your guest. Hey everyone, Bob WP here. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. When looking for some exceptional Woo plugins for your client's shop, do check out iconicwp.com. And don't miss the free online workshop by Yoast on November 4th, how to optimize your product pages for Black Friday. Just find their events on Yoast.com. And of course, you can always stay on top of our episodes by subscribing to Do The Woo on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcast app. So until next time, keep on doing the woo.